Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. For a large chunk of these older episodes, I've had to cut the original intros as part of a migration process. 
So all that means is we're going to get straight into the interview here with the name that you clicked on. No warm-ups, no preamble, just a straight one, two and in. You ready? One, two. What's, the, what's your preferred? Evil one. Everyone calls me Fee. I usually just get called a few there when I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to use it too much then. <laughs> cool. So t- t- take me back to the start of you playing music. Like, How old were you when you st- first started writing like original songs? I think quite young, actually. I think it was probably when I got my like first guitar. Um, I was kind of into like you know, watching like All American Rejects on YouTube, coming home from primary school and stuff. And I think I, I think the first song I ever wrote on guitar, which was like E minor and, and G or something, and it was like called Old Man Johnny. And I just like, I remember that so specifically, like I could probably still play it now, but it's just, I think I was probably about eight or nine. And then I kind of stopped for a while, like through GCSEs and just kind of studied like classical music. So I've kind of been doing it since I was really young, I guess. <laughs> When you, so you studied classical music, you knew that you wanted to step into that direction. Oh, no. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> I hated classical music. It was just all all boring theory stuff. And, and that was just kind of the only way I could make a, a, a qualification out of it to go on to college and, and study um, what I wanted to do. Sorry, that was my... my uh... No, all good. Um, yeah, I, I think that kind of made me want to kind of go down the performance way and like production and do my own thing rather than listen to Mozart and Chopin. <laughs> right. And did you have friends and family who were like, yeah, you like music, go do music. Yeah. I think they all were quite supportive of me in that sense. My mum and dad are like avid music fans. So they were kind of, you know, they brought me up on listening to all different sorts of genres from like, Foo Fighters and Eminem and then to like old school garage and stuff like that my parents uh, have a lot to um a lot of credit to take for my musical influence <laughs> yeah and yeah. I think that, that that helps in in such a like kind of because you know we, we are our experiences do you know what I mean and so yeah, exactly. if we have people around us from a young age who are like yeah I dig music this is like this is a real way to live your life to be so stoked on this one thing and that must have had an impact on you know on your perception of of doing it yeah it manifests definitely and it in, in like imprints in your brain and, and like your way of thinking is just so, like totally surrounded by the way you're brought up and the things you're brought up around so yeah I've got I, I, I do appreciate the fact that I, I had quite a creative family <laughs> which brings me to like you know go, go you know just full circle is is this podcast is about people who are like yeah I want to do this you know like I'm you know not everyone has the support of people around them, but in order to do this, in order to be a musician, you're going to have to work some menial jobs to pay for it because, you know, what, support bands are still getting paid 50 quid a show? Yeah, I had to kind of, for the first few years of the band and like before we'd kind of gotten anywhere to near to where we are now, um, we all worked jobs, like all, all four of us, and well, three of us and and has kind of I don't he, he didn't really work at the same time but he's a bit younger than than me and Paul were but yeah we we did the whole you know paying for our own travels and trains and 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 coaches to these shows that would only pay us 50 or like sometimes even like nothing just for the exposure so yeah I think everyone's been there at that point you know getting paid pennies <laughs> but 
we all kind of we did what we did what we had to do to make ends meet and I guess we we still half of us still do it's something that you hear all the time where you'll always have people around you trying to rip you off and you know tell you oh you know you do it for the exposure Oh, yeah. I mean, as you get older, you kind of realise, like, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, I think quite early on, we got offered this kind of, like, um, this kind of deal. Uh, Not really a deal. It was basically just to to record some some tracks. And it was the first kind of offer of money we'd ever seen. And and by any means to record a a record, it it would never have have sufficed. Like, it was never going to be enough money. But, you know, bright-eyed kind of teenagers really wanting to set foot into music and, and we were like yeah this is great like that will that will help us so much but I think that was the first time and I think it kind of made us aware because everyone around us was like mm, it's like think about it first and, and we never did it and I think that was the first moment where we realized um, we can't just uh, do it for the exposure or take kind of ladders where we don't really understand where they're going to lead so I think yeah that happened and then there's been plenty of other places where it's just like, well, we don't have the budget to pay you, but, you know, it will be great for kind of publicity and it's like a great look for the band. But sometimes you have to just process whether or not it's going to be uh, like a productive thing to do or not. I mean, you're, you're in a world, you know, professional and social, the social element of it plays such a huge role in, in music, you know, because your friends and your family are going to be fans. You know, it seems like, you can you can make one wrong decision and kind of ruin your career. Yeah, definitely. It 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 doesn't take very much to um to kind of mess up, does it? Especially not kind of in these day, this day and age. Like, there's so much controversy around loads of different things. So yeah, it's it is what a kind of one one small thing might affect your whole career. <laughs> it's extraordinary how how sensitive that is and, and how, how vulnerable that is, you know, when you, when you're working the, these jobs. I mean, I read that you were working at Spoons at, at one point. It was definitely an experience. And I think, um, it, you know, it taught me a, a, a few skills. It basically taught me social, it's like sociable skills more than anything and how to, um, how to do customer service to a certain extent. But I think it's one of those jobs that you do, flexibility like it's for flexibility isn't it it's a, it's a lot of it's a big market for for students and, and people who want to work part-time and have stuff that they need to do outside of it that might be more time consuming and I think that's why it fitted us really well um you know I started working there just before we started the band and I met Paul at that job Paul our bassist which is incredible because you know if I never started working there then we probably never would have met and do you, do you think being behind the bar helped you being behind the microphone um in a way yeah actually I I, I feel like it gives you uh, the ability to kind of just be you a little bit when you're there because you know the people that you're serving and stuff is kind of you know that they're, they're they've got beer goggles on and, and you feel a little bit more com- comfortable because you're not being judged i think it is quite similar to being on stage i guess in in a very weird way like your fans are just your regular weatherspoons partners <laughs> and like you know i, I don't know, you know obviously you never had any contacts with you know him i imagine but like i guess i'm a liberty to ask like what's how do you how do you see tim martin <laughs> it's he's He's an interesting fellow, isn't he? Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's quite controversial, um, and obviously not paying his staff 
when he's got thousands, like millions of pounds in his pocket, that was that was a quite a questionable move. Um, but you know, it's Weatherspoons is Weatherspoons. I don't condone his behaviour. I don't condone him as a person. But I don't think um, that like people my age and people people of all ages could really live without Weatherspoons. <laughs> Well, I mean, it brings it, it brings up an interesting topic because Weatherspoons is a place that a lot of people can, you know, it's the place they can only really afford to have no, a, sure, a good yeah. night to the extent that they want. Yeah, and I, th- I think after this, I, I think, you know, he's he's kind of become a figurehead of bullshittery of how to not run a business. Oh, definitely. And yeah. so many people are talking about not going there. You know, boycotting it on an individual level. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I mean, he is terrible, obviously, at not being a bit of a fool and a babbling fool, fool at that. Like, he's he's kind of, <laughs> he's questionable, isn't he? He's almost like the Boris Johnson of um, pub scenes. <laughs> he's the Boris Johnson of nightlife. I haven't worked there for a year, I think, now, or just over a year. Um, and pretty much just because... It actually, it, the band stuff became actually too time-consuming for mm. for me to be able to keep up with the job and also do all of the other things like writing sessions and, and gigs and tours yeah. and stuff. Uh, but Paul does still work at Weatherspoons. He is a manager or shift manager. How did you find adjusting to the band life taking over as as a job? It was interesting because obviously it's not quite as demanding sometimes and you you can go where you might have continuity and um like you know something's quite becomes quite mundane and you've got to do a a shift like every day at Weatherspoons and then kind of adapting into maybe having free writing sessions a week or maybe shooting a video or maybe being on tour for a month but you know the, the days off in between because it's so it is so different and it changes all the time. It did. It was weird at first. Um, definitely because you, you'd be hanging around sometimes some week you'd be doing loads of things and the next week you'd be doing nothing. So yeah, it, it was, it was a bit weird at first, but I kind of enjoyed it because I did, you know, I worked at Spoons for three years and, and most of those weeks, some of those weeks I would be doing like 50 hour weeks and working my, my, my weekends all the time. And, and then like my one day off at, on the, in the week I'd be seeing my friends so it was kind of it was crazy and now with all of this going on music's even quieter so it's kind of if the, the, the last few months of my life have been the quietest they've been in a couple of years. Did you have to find a new way to to write songs because we're habitual creatures and so you know you're working 50 hour weeks you've got that time that you feel inspired at 2am when you get home or or the opposite you know in the morning when you wake up you write a song when you were given so much space and time to, to write did that affect the way that you were orchestrating yourself oh yeah definitely I mean when we when I uh stopped working in at Weatherspoons last May or April um I before that I hadn't really never really had the time to write and you know my my time was so consumed by working that writing seemed like a chore because I never really had I was never creative enough when I needed to be or like when I came home from work it was too late or when I got up in the morning, afternoon, it was too late because I'd been at work until 4am. So I found it really difficult. But then when I stopped working there, it was like I allowed myself to be creative. And I, like it was it, it was really nice because I think on the back of that, it gave us 
it gave me the time to write the album. And I think I don't think I ever would have done that if I carried on working at Weatherspoons. I think, it, and if I did, it would have taken me a lot longer. And I don't think it would be as good as it is. So I, I feel like it was quite a blessing that I adapted my writing style. Most of the time, I I do like when I go on like walks or stuff like that. I tend to kind of my mind is always thinking of of exciting and, and smart lyric like lyricism, like stuff that I can almost like poetry and, and then I always spend a, at least half an hour just before I go to bed writing down everything I thought about in, into some sort of lyrics to try and make it work and then I find it a lot easier to do that because you're if, if you start a track without an idea of lyrics and you just go into the music sometimes you can be limiting yourself by like melody and lyrics so I, I always have to make sure I spend some time in the day trying to be a little bit poetic and find the punchline. And once I found the punchline, it makes the whole process a lot easier. Yeah. It's so wild how when you go for a walk that some 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 of those crossed wires can become straightened out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's kind of like doing yoga, but I'm not very good at that. So I just walk instead. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any hurdles in, in writing this the full length? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, block like writer's block is is a horrible thing and sometimes it comes in like extremely long periods so you could I you know there were times where I'd go and go and write you know because a full length at the end of the day there's still so many songs that never made it onto it and there's there's stuff we had to pick from and and it took me about a, probably a year and a half to a like to finally pick all of the tracks and uh, you know some months of of that time I was just really writing writing absolute drivel like really terrible stuff and and it's really like kind of yeah I feel like it took a long time and I'm kind of happy that it you know it's over now but now we have to start thinking about album two <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah absolutely I mean it makes me think that I something I read Ed Sheeran say is that you know it's songwriting is a bit like a tap and that brown water that comes out initially could go on for a long time before it gets clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great great metaphor, actually. <laughs> I definitely feel that. <laughs> yeah, you find that, you know, keep on if you keep on writing, it kind of gets better and you realise things that... Yeah, in a strange way, though, sometimes I think that the more... Sometimes if you... Maybe it's, it's just true with, like, working on one song. But I feel like if you try too hard sometimes, you can... It, you start to kind of hinder like what you can actually do like your creativity because it's no longer fun and you're trying too hard and, and I think when it's unnatural it, it becomes a little bit like uh like I can't do it <laughs> so it's, yeah. it works both ways I guess and you know you you work harder to be better at something or you work too hard and and you you ruin it you know Totally. Have have you found like something that that works for you maybe you know like turning it off when you get too stressed yeah that's exactly what I do if I can't you know if it's something as simple as finding the right drum beat or finding the right uh, guitar sound or just a lyric you know it's easier to just take yourself away from that moment and sometimes you walk away you know you close the door 
to whatever room you're in. You walk down the hallway and then you go, oh, I've got it. And you go back. But sometimes it takes a while and that's okay. You know, like it's, you just have to take yourself away from the situation before you it, it like explode. Makes you think of staircase humor, which, uh, you know, like kind of, I think, I think that's the right phrase. I might be completely fluffing that, but it's like <laughs> similarly to when someone takes the piss out of you and you're just kind of stunned and you got, you know, got a straight back and you're stiff and then you, you walk away or go up the stairs or down the stairs and realize yeah. the perfect comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> it's so annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's so annoying. You're just like, damn it, I really could have won that. <laughs> so tracking back to last April, May, when you finished at Spoons, did, did the band, did it became full time for you? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we before I left Spoons, we were kind of going on, you know, month long tours and, and not really having enough time to work at all. Uh, which is pro- which is mostly why I actually left because my manager at the time really really wasn't into me leaving all the time and me and Paul worked at the same spoons so we both left at, for the exact same amount of time and it was just a little bit too much on 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 the pub but um, it went full time uh, especially for me because there was stuff that I would have to do like without the boys like interviews and and you know, videos or, or live streams or stuff like that and or writing sessions. So, yeah, we um, our management made the best go at making sure there weren't, there were rarely kind of days where I would just be sitting around doing nothing. So we were productive enough. <laughs> Financially, did you have to change anything in your life? Do you, do you live at home? Yeah, I live with my, I live with my mum and my little sister. Um, it's actually, it's, it's not as bad as I, would have once thought but Webspoons you know the pay isn't immaculate I was on I think I was on eight pound five an hour for like most of my time there and yeah yeah you know that is what it is but on top of um traveling to work and then traveling to the writing sessions I was doing when I wasn't working it it really didn't actually tend to to have a lot of money left over at the, the end of the day but I find it, it a just bit... dwarfs it doesn't it yeah. sometimes your yeah. travel money to what you're getting paid oh 100% I mean like um, paying for travel in London like is just ridiculous I think I think one one round trip for me every day to go to a job would have been 13 pounds 80 or something like that something ridiculous yeah. which is like two hours of my shift you know like um, so it's it's kind of mental, but I find it a little bit easier now um, because you know last year we did so many live shows, and you know that's where money is for bands nowadays. It's it's, it's kind of in live and merch and and stuff like that. Uh, it's not really in the streams or anything like that anymore. Uh, radio plays some like it, it helps. Obviously, every everything helps, but I find it comfortable enough now. Obviously, living at home still, I would love to not still live at home at twenty two, but you know, I find it, I feel like it's a little bit harder for people my age to move out these days, especially if, if definitely not to buy anywhere, but even renting is hard in London. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's come across before on this, on this, on this podcast that even getting the job at the pub is hard, you know, because there's, yeah. there's still a waiting list. Yeah, of course. For the yeah. full-time hours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, <clears throat> towards the end of, of my, my, you know, career at Spoons, <laughs> I was, given probably maybe one shift a week or two shifts a week just because you know if your manager isn't happy with with you know the life that you have to live around the, the job then they're not going to give you the hours that you want and need to survive so I think in turn that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I kind of just went you know what if you're not going to give me the hours when I'm here then I'm just going to leave <laughs> yeah 
Did it? Were there any moments working that job that inspired you lyrically, or you know, gave you gave you influence for songwriting? Yeah, definitely. I think I wrote a song about the first year I was working there about one of the one of the regulars that came in. He was like a five foot, like no more than five foot Irish man, and he would always drink half pints of Guinness, and I never understood it because he would only ever order half pints but he would sit in the pub and drink about eight half pints so I just never that's the true sign of an alcoholic isn't it drinking half pints yeah I just didn't understand why he wouldn't drink full pints like he would sit there all day and and drink all the half pints but would never order a full pint and I remember one day I asked him like why do you only drink half pints and then he says oh he, he said something I can't remember but it's a lyric in the song and he was just like well if I buy the half pint it's a penny cheaper than if I were to buy a full pint like if he buys two half pints it's a penny cheaper than it is to buy a full pint and I said are you being actually serious and he was just like yeah love I'm in here every day the pennies add up <laughs> so I wrote a song about that that was that was uh, quite interesting that's funny it's funny yeah. as a songwriter just you know see these glimpses and these little like sort of keyholes into other people's lives yeah no it's, it's interesting I do I did spend a lot of time working there actually just kind of assessing the people I served on a regular basis. Like just wondering yeah. like if I could kind of, you know, set up these imaginary personas of the person I'm serving, like what they go home to, what is their life? I just, you know, I would imagine things like that when it's like really quiet and really dead, which I think is probably great for creativity. I wish that I could go back and, you know, write more, use that to be a little bit more imaginative. Yeah. I mean, I think that's always the way though, isn't it? And you can't let yourself get bogged down by that yeah no definitely yeah he's got to take it forward with you right yeah exactly and and put that creativity into like elsewhere right right and when an opportunity comes just no try not to miss it or you know in any way you can i suppose yeah exactly snap it up (laughs) so so what's next for you the album campaign is kind of well underway now so it's it's weird because usually we'd be out playing shows we'd be out filming videos and doing all of the the kind of promotional stuff so it's kind of releasing an album in in this like pan, during this pandemic is kind of a really bold move and kind of daunting because you know we've released music before but we've never released music where we can't actually go out and play it so it's kind of strange yeah and from a financial point of view you're making money from shows which can't happen yeah exactly and and i think you know we thrive like as a band all four of us like we thrive off of live shows like it's it's really where our passion is and and what we love to do so it's kind of strange this whole you know acoustic set from from your bedroom on instagram live it is it's kind of it's kind of weird <laughs> great thanks so much Felia. or feet rather yeah <laughs> So that was Fee from Blocks. Their new record, Lie Out Loud, is just round the corner, 14th of August, coming out on Chess Club Records. If you liked this podcast, if you liked our chat, please do subscribe, give it five stars, tell your friends to listen to it. And thank you so much. I really enjoy doing these. Cheers for listening. Go back to the doll queue. Please don't tell Pete from the pub because he'll judge me, but I don't mind. I've been paying my taxes on time I'm not central, not essential I've never worked for the NHS Yeah, I've clapped hands and I beat pants Put away the kitchen utensils now Don't let your P45 give you chills Because we need jobs We need 101 part-time jobs
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.